Virtua Fighter was the first 3D fighting game to hit the Saturn. As the years went on, 3D fighting games were improved and perfected. But just what were these latter-day fighters? Welcome to Sega Saturn Shiro, the only podcast featuring creamy 3D graphics worth fighting for. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sega Saturn Shiro podcast. We are in fighting form today and that's because our topic, well, you know, before we even get into that, maybe let's do some uh, introductions. So our Shiro's today are Saturn Dave, Trainoko Pat, Pandemonium Nick, and myself, Peter. So let's start with some brief personal updates. Pandaman, maybe uh, maybe you want to go first. Sure. Yeah, can do. Um, by the time this cast will be online, I'll probably have finished the revised bug episode in my series. Um, basically, uh, the original episode was really short and didn't really have that much research put into it because it was one of my first videos ever made for the series. Uh, and since then, there have been interviews done by our podcast group um, and a whole bunch of other research methods and pieces of source material that I've been able to find about it and it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time I've been I thought it needed a better video and now it's getting one so by the time this is you know this podcast is online that should be in my channel and I'll probably still be working on the Sega rally video hopefully close to being done with that other than that uh, I've been playing a lot of other video games a lot of fighting games for you know this episode and uh spider-man remastered on pc that game's great uh highly recommend it if you're a spider-man fan you need to you really do need to play it writing's excellent um did you edit in a uh, shrek as a uh, spider-man character yet or not yet no i i've been thinking about um modding in the neversoft spidey costumes because uh, there's some guy that put all those in like the ps1 and 64 spider-man games so that's kind of neat um uh, and been playing drill dozer on gba that's also really fun it's the uh, pokemon creators made a platformer it's a great game it is yes yeah fantastic and you can hear some of the sound design notes from pokemon in it and uh, the art's really neat platforming mechanics are really unique and cool um yeah drill dozer i would highly recommend for sure and uh yeah and just various saturn games here and there some steep slope sliders I feel like i'm always playing steep slope sliders now and uh that's a great game too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's 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 Cave. stellar. Yeah, Ace I saw your soundtrack. Pe- I saw your little doggy run. Yeah, or was it a penguin or a doggy? <laughs> you know, it was a little the- dog. Yeah, the dog is one of the uh, the two fastest characters in the game by a, a giant margin. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, um, but yeah. So that's that's kind of what's been going on. Oh, and um, I've been playing Kururin Squash on GameCube, um, Japanese GameCube game. That's been very fun. Hmm. Is that related to Kudurin Pa? Kudurin Paradise? Squash? Yeah, Kudurin yeah. Paradise. So, okay. Same same franchise, same mm-hmm. uh, setup, but, you know, mm-hmm. instead of being sprite-based, it's obviously 3D on the GameCube. Oh, cool. mm-hmm. A few more fun mechanics added to it. Uh, yeah, there's other video games I'm playing, but I could go on, you know, a whole tangent about that. Other than that, just been busy with work, and uh, uh, winter's finally coming to a close. It was a long one here in North Dakota. Um, winter oh, needs to stop. Here. Yeah, I'm sure you're probably in the same boat there, Peter. <laughs> yeah, 
it's canoe actually, but yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, <laughs> thanks for that update, Nick. Um, <laughs> Saturn Dave, what have you been up to, my friend? Uh, lots of work, <laughs> like Nick. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, really, really busy at work, which sucks, you know, being adulting and stuff. But uh, no, I've been playing, you know, lots of fighting games for this cast, getting ready for that. Um, let's see what else. I've been playing some Metroid Prime. Picked that up for cheap and. Well, Ooh. I don't know. It was like forty bucks, and and Nick just finished it. Said it was the great. remaster version. Yes, yeah. the remaster. So far, yeah, so 10. far it's it's excellent. Perfect. And I love how it's like it's like I remember because I remember it being so excellent. But it's better, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like going back to the original. There are some things that you'd like improved, and that it definitely improves upon a lot of those things. And I think you know, for forty bucks for a physical copy, it was well worth it. Um, yeah. Let me see. I'm getting new internet today, so that's exciting. I'm getting fiber internet so that I can finally not Ooh. suck on the on the Netlink <laughs> tournaments. <laughs> Folks, I have Cox internet and the ping is just terrible for some Cox. reason. I'm, yeah, well, it's like whenever I do speed tests, it's low. But whenever I'm actually like playing somebody or you know, under load or whatever, then it's terrible. And, you know, everyone's giving me a hard time. So, you know. But the funny thing is getting getting fiber internet is actually cheaper <laughs> somehow. So um, win win. You know? internet. I would know nothing about that, especially <laughs> getting throttled at 3 p.m. when I do a certain show. Totally exactly. no issues with Cox. Exactly. So, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about that. They're coming after the show to hook that up. And um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, reading reading through some old game magazines and uh, just picked up a copy of College Slam, which is like a college version of NBA Jam NBA, yeah. tournament nice. edition, basically. Yeah, yep. I, I, the March Madness is over, and and San Diego State went all the way to the end. They just they couldn't they couldn't beat UConn, but they you know that's that's as far as anybody in the Mountain West Conference has ever been. So that got me kind of inspired, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna pick up a copy. I used to have a copy of College Slam, and I picked it up again because it was cheap. So. College Slam, that's an interesting one and as far as the history of the acclaim NBA games go, because that was right. like, you know, NBA Jam was the peak, TE was yeah. like also the peak, and then College Slam was sort of the beginning of the end, so to speak, was when Acclaim took over True. Uh, Iguana's, you know, basketball game operations and was like, no, you're doing this now. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. we don't want to. And they right. just kind of went. That game was everywhere, though, back in the day. I remember yeah, like it was. it was on so many different consoles and that logo with the basketball biting the the, the nets. <laughs> Iconic. You know, like, you'd see you'd see that everywhere as a kid and be like, you couldn't not recognize it. You know, it was yep. it was iconic. Yeah, that's me. So I, I've, before I move on to Pat, I do have a question, uh, Dave. I'm not at all familiar with Internet service providers down in the United States. I'm sorry. What was the name of your current provider? <laughs> yeah so um they cox cox c-o-c-k-s it's one of the <laughs> premier internet services in the country that doesn't say what its name is does and it doesn't suck, suck. exactly they love to jack up the price they love to jack up the price every year and give you crappier internet every every year no, no kidding. Okay, wow, yeah. well, okay, well, I hope that your fiber uh, internet solution is way, way better, my friend. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, Pat, what have you been up to, sir? Um, quite a bit. Uh, the usual Warhammer paint my my Warhammer dollies as I usually do, playing those, playing Warhammer. Um, I've been playing the fighters, like uh, Dave's been talking about as well, and Nick. Um. 
Uh, looking over, looking over a couple Scriptionix videos. I'm really excited about them. The bug one. I think uh, I'm hoping he makes a Tommy Talrico reference. I'm hoping, but you all right, know, all right. Ho- hopefully, we'll see something, something about maybe him doing a certain game because he was the first American to do so. So obviously, he needs to be credit where credit is due. Hmm. Obviously, so That's but no, right. um, but yeah. Besides that, been you know, uh, I actually started playing Metroid Prime uh, Remaster as well. It's been pretty yes. fun. Yes, nice. Uh, definitely. De- definitely one of my favorite GameCube games. Definitely not one of my favorite Metroid games, but it's still a pretty fun game. I like it a lot. Um, good nostalgia from that. And uh, yeah, I've been trying to play more games, but I've st- been busy with Shiro stuff, the Shiro show, other yeah. stuff, the other podcasts I do. So very, yeah. very busy. Um, but uh, yeah, besides that, uh, oh, I just had my birthday come up, so that was fun. I got a happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yes. Happy bir- Thank you. Thank you. Turn the big three one. Got a Sega Saturn sign. Got some gift cards for Steam. Uh, nice. Got some cool stuff. So I'm very excited. Uh, had a really good party. I went to like a teppanyaki grill and got shot in the face with sake. So that was kind of fun. Nice. Mm. At least it was that sake. Is nice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's all. All good. All good. What about right, you, Peter? Perfect. Yeah, me, you know, so aside from obviously just like everybody else playing all the fighting games, um, geez, I'm not sure that I really kind of sunk my teeth into any other games recently. Um, I guess the one news for me is I very recently picked up a uh, boxed uh, sports Dreamcast, the Black Dreamcast, and I'm super excited about it. Finally, my OCD can rest easy as, as I've got my sort of Sega consoles all in the same color. Um, and to be able to get it in box like that uh, locally actually was uh, was a real treat. So uh, shouts out to Ray if you're listening. Thanks again, buddy. Um, and yeah, I mean, other than that, playing these three fighters and, uh, and uh, you know, just really kind of getting back into it. Fighting games aren't really something that I typically play all that often. But once I really get into them, then it's like, yeah, this is good. This is fun, right? So it just, you know, it took a while, but I got back into it. And so, yeah, that's... Uh, that's pretty much the update uh, from me. Uh, the Black Dreamcast is really good. I used to have it, but I unfortunately I gave it to a friend that needed it because I had like six other ones. But I did mm-hmm. get the Soccer Wars one, so I'm happy about that. Oh, I also got the I forgot I got the Broadband adapter too for that, so I'm going to be excited to play oh, some right. some nice. PSO online. Shouts you out to Wee Man. Uh, Peter, do you have a broadband adapter? No, I don't. No, well, you need to get one. Then you can play with Pat. PSO. Peter's never played PSO. Fun fact. No, I haven't. Uh, something he needs to remedy, really. <laughs> we need to get a Shiro my... plan going on I'm for gonna that. Keep, I'm going to keep reminding you of that, Peter. You really need to play PSO. <laughs> I, I think I do, because I, I think I'm still a PSO version. So It's a Sonic Team game, I right? To... I mean, you know. You yeah, it is. It is. I need to get out my PSO and Side jump note. on the Cox internet service <laughs> you and, gotta jump on those cocks and internet yeah <laughs> yeah and then nasty get, get i mean throttle, they did it they, they, cocks, they chose you know? that name i don't know why <laughs> well you know it's like that british used software store sex uh c-e-x like you know i i'm sure there was oh, yeah. some you know some Cheap of it was growth. on purpose i'm sure everybody loves yeah exactly <laughs> making fun it's of like that it, it's like you described. It's like, yeah, I, I went to, I went and took my cock stuff to the sex shop, and they didn't want to take any of it. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> I agree. Exactly. Yeah. No, okay, uh... and on that note, uh, welcome everyone to our podcast. So the topic that we're going to be discussing today is Latter-day 3D fighters that appeared on the Sega Saturn. And, you know, even though I'm not going to have this in the title, it's actually specifically three games that were uh, made by Sega themselves. So I'm talking about Virtua Fighter Kids, Fighters Megamix, and Last Bronx. Uh, Last Bronx actually being one of the sort of last games that were released in uh, in the West for for the Saturn. But each of these games is really, really interesting, has a lot of backstory, some interesting gameplay. And so we're going to kind of deep dive uh, all three of them in uh, release order. So let's get started with Virtua Fighter Kids. So Virtua Fighter Kids was an STV Titan arcade uh, release. Uh, it came out in March of 96 in Japan, and then later that summer worldwide. And, uh, you know, if you remember, the STV Titan board is essentially an arcade Saturn uh, uh, board, so conversions from STV to Saturn are usually lickety-split, and they're usually really, really good. So the Saturn port of Virtua Fighter Kids arrived in summer of 96 in Japan and in the U.S., and just a little bit later in October in the uh, PAL regions. Uh, Virtua Fighter Kids is essentially based on Virtua Fighter 2, but it does borrow some gameplay elements from Fighting Vipers. So things like in-game replays and more emphasis on like a fast combo type uh, type gameplay. Uh, but it's a solid fighter, 60 frames per second, high resolution uh, visuals, uh, and it's of course uh, very cute. So uh, let's dive into that. So I want to hear from you, Nick, first, uh, just your overall thoughts on the game. So this is my first time playing Virtua Fighter Kids. I've pretty much given it a skip until now, which um, I, I guess you could say that was a mistake. I, I thought this was just, you know, a dumb clone. <laughs> and on the surface, it kind of is. It's it's a meme of a game, but there's surprisingly a lot more to it. Um, the fact that it exists is kind of funny. Like here we have chibi, big head, you know, models of Virtua Fighter 2 characters like what would basically be a cheat code in any other game being its own standalone thing uh, down to like you know the facial expressions and the large eyes being different and like the voice clips of you know Akira saying you know like just everything's just in a higher pitch <laughs> like exactly. it's just it's so goofy um, the intro sequence where you see all the grown-up Virtua Fighter characters playing next to their deformed, smaller versions. Um, the art style with the title screen and the little screws and, like, you know, I don't know what you'd call those. The, the thing that make up that kid's logo, what, what, would, you, what would you call those? There's some toy from back in the day that was like They're like, a, like um, the, those little, like, a, the Tinker Toys or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's it's kind of funny. It has such a 90s vibe to it. Like, I think a lot of, like... I remember a lot of things like in the nineties had like that were kids base had a logo like that. So it's very, very funny mm -hmm. that that made me really nostalgic. Like, man, am I back in the nineties already? Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, it's just it's just funny. 
um the the experience of playing it is is a uh, a comical time and this comes on the heels of like things like you know puzzle fighter and pocket fighter uh from capcom and i don't know if this was necessarily sega's answer to that um some people have uh who i've talked to about it think that it might be to an effort to appeal to more women as more women started playing video games in japan in the mid 90s mm-hmm. whether or not any of that's true um you know, it it's certainly funny that this game exists. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a Toshinden Kids release as well, or did that never materialize? Because I remember around this time, everybody was getting in on the kids sort of bandwagon, and I know Toshinden was... Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. I don't recall if that ever made it out or if that was just something that got scrapped ultimately. Uh, it certainly cool. never came out on Saturn. Mm-hmm. Nitoshinden. Uh, that, no. Yeah, that's Dave. the one. Battle Arena Nitoshinden was. It looks like it was canceled in America. It was supposed to come out in America, but never did. So it never did. Okay. Yeah, so Virtual Fighter Kids is one of those really weird games where I think you have to really be in Virtual Fighter to appreciate Virtual Fighter Kids. So I mean, if you're just kind of playing this for the very first time, Nick, I mean, did you? I mean, is this something that you think you would? probably go back to would you enjoy it or is this sort of a novelty i think i'd go back to you know check out more of its uh unique like special features there are some game modes and other things that it can do that the other virtual fighters can't uh just minor things I'd go, i, I want to go and check those out a little more and this is also when i definitely like when i have friends over or i bring my saturn over to someone's you know house it's like oh let's play this pile of fighting games this will be in that pile like for sure um just because it's amusing, you know, not to be taken seriously or anything, but yes, yeah, it's yeah. it's a meme of a game. Nice. This game again. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, have you, you know, having played Virtua Fighter 2, do you find gameplay-wise this game is uh, really any different? Because it does sort of use, I believe, the identical moveset from its big brother. Yeah, I mean, it's got the same combos um, if you have memorized the combos for say Sarah, all of those combos are going to work from, you know, between Virtua Fighter 2 and Virtua Fighter Kids. You're still going to be able to do your pinwheel kicks and all that. Um, you know, what's what's different is that it takes the instant replay mechanic that we see in Fighting Vipers, where if you, mm. you know, pull off what the game perceives as a sick combo, you know, it'll replay it from like three different camera angles, uh, basically interrupting gameplay <laughs> to, to, you know, let your opponent see just how badly they got their ass beat over and over again before they, <laughs> the game lets the fight carry on. Uh, and I think, you know, with this being kind of a, I don't want to call it a joke game, but like, I mean, we can call it a joke game. Some stuff like that's tolerable. That's, that's okay. Uh, and um, the hit boxes and hit detection are definitely different. I think that's the one major thing because the characters are so much smaller. Um, and I think they made it so that it's almost easier for you know kids in real life to play it um uh, in 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 those ways right so you know and i noticed when i was playing it that when you select your fighter you immediately get a little box and you can choose from normal mode and kids mode yeah and so normal mode is essentially exactly what it says it's you know it's the normal fighting mode and kids mode is almost like an assist mode 
So there's a lot of, you know, combos that will sort of auto happen as you're playing and you'll guard more sort of easily and, and all that. So I guess it's maybe geared more for, as it says, kids to pick up and play. You but can yeah, just definitely. stand there. You can just stand there and for it like just kind of right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, yeah, definitely. So, so, and Dave, when you play this game, I'm a, like, do you play normal mode? Do you prefer kids oh, mode? Yeah. How do you? Yeah. I play normal mode, but I, I, you know, I checked it out and I noticed that immediately. I was like, oh, I'm just standing here and I, I'm not dying. <laughs> you know? So it's yeah. like definitely kind of like an easy mode, you know? At first, you know, I used to think that the kids mode was what was changing the voices, you know, but they all sound like, they've like sucked a helium balloon, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I'm going to admit, and I'm a little embarrassed to say this when I initially got into it, I couldn't understand the difference between normal and kids mode. And I leafed through the manual and I just didn't even see it in there. And I honestly thought in my head that, okay, maybe normal mode and kids mode, the differences in kids mode, like the characters, even though they're all sort of super deformed, maybe like you know, the women wouldn't have breasts and, and Shun wouldn't have a big old beard. Like I thought it would be that kind of a difference, you know, but it's not. It... Okay. So yeah. So Dave, uh, which mode do you typically prefer to play in kids or normal? Yeah. I, so I normally play in normal, but I, you know, I've messed around with the kids mode and I've just noticed that it was, like you said, it was an assist mode. And I think that this game is just, you know, n- kind of made as as kind of like Nick said maybe like a joke like a like a promo I guess like it was a it was a huge promo for for uh, Java tea and for mm-hmm. energen drinks in Japan and uh, so there was like an entire edition of that and then like the regular Japanese version also had a lot of advertising for Java tea um, which I guess was kind of a big thing back then so you know it makes sense that they would kind of tone it down and make it gimmicky and kind of uh, add those little flashy, you know, like combos, like Nick was talking about, where you do like a, you do a combo, and then right in the middle of the fight, it it shows your combo, rather than waiting to the replay, you know, um, and the and the big bobbleheads and everything like that, you know, it, it's it's just kind of an interesting beast of a game. <laughs> I don't know how to classify it because it does come across as kind of like a like a flashy promo kind of thing, you know. Um, but it, but there's enough here that it you know it's a it's its own game kind of. I love like all the little touches, like the cartoon clouds in the background and stuff. You know, I wonder though, like the art style. So you know, obviously the uh, characters and the backgrounds they're all Virtual Fighter two, but they're all sort of cutified, right? And I mean, do you think that that's made it age a little bit more gracefully? That that art style has made it look look good even today? I don't know. I don't know. Like. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't. I don't think that the Virtual Fighter Two looks, you know, terribly bad today. I, I think Virtual Fighter Two has aged pretty well. You know, I think that uh, I don't know. It's kind of disturbing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Some <laughs> of the care, some of the characters. It's not. They're not like kids, really. They're just like small human beings with big heads, and yeah. uh, and they they completely like they beat up on their older equivalents, you know, in the intro sequence, you know? So it's, it's really funny. It's very, I don't know. It was just, a, it was like, like Nick was saying, it was a big thing back then to kind of try these like mm-hmm. chibi versions of characters, you know? And that was usually the thing, you know, just smaller bodies, big heads. And that equals kid, I guess, you know? Yeah. 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 
Pat, do you see this? Like, I mean, so I mean, I'm what I'm kind of hearing from from all of us as we go down the line is that this isn't really a serious fighting game. Like, it's you know, it certainly seems to have a deep sort of fighting engine, and there's a lot of you know uh, mechanics to learn and what have you. So I don't think it's a shallow game, but it doesn't seem to come across as a very serious game. I don't know what's your impressions been when you've been uh, as you've been playing. Well, we got, well, the first thing we have to look at is what definition of serious fighting game are you looking at? Are you looking at a fighting game that has fighting game potential? Or do you mean a, a fighting game that's like takes itself seriously is my my questioning sort of with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, well, which way do you think it. this game falls? Like, you know. I mean, it has really tight mechanics and it definitely has a competitive edge. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, it's basically almost Virtua Fighter 2 essentially is what I'm hearing, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just don't have as much reach because of the tiny characters. But the benefit is that they move fat. They move really fast because there's, I don't know, smaller polygons to draw or less. I don't know. It it feels it feels very tight and fast. It's just that the your reach is very limited because they're so tiny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's a really like from a fighting game perspective, as in like a competitive potential. It does. I don't know any big scene for Virtua Fighter Kids specifically. I know that Virtua Fighter is still pretty heavily played in the fighting game circuits. Um, I guess my thing with this game is that I like it, but it's very shallow. Like it's like if I paid like the equivalent of a hundred bucks for this for the Saturn back in the day, I probably would be disappointed because this was a long box US release along alongside a Japanese release. So it's like if I got this I'd probably be pretty saddened because it's it's very shallow in its nature. It's literally a, a, a fight a single player versus mode and maybe a viewing mode to watch demos and stuff and a combo maker. That's mm-hmm. about it. Like it's very bare bones in its nature. So what you're but, saying is Evo 23, baby Virtua fighter kids made it. Exactly. There, there yeah. better be a booth set up or I'm burning Evo down. Sorry, straight up like that's smash brothers thing. get off the stage. Yeah. I right. agree with Pat. Like I think the original Japanese version, especially the, the Java T version was like subsidized. It was a cheaper game because you had the ads in there. You know, and when it came over to the States, they completely stripped all that stuff out. So then it became a full price long box game. And as a full price long box game, I kind of agree with Pat that it's like, is there enough content here to justify $60 for a game? You know, I I really want to know how successful this was in the West, in the US and Europe. Like, how many copies did it sell? Like, why did they think localizing this was a particularly good idea? I mean, I don't think people in the West hated it. It's just like... It's hard to say because it was late Saturn and Saturn (laughs) was already kind of failing. So, Well, this was was mid to late 1996 for the US. It was August 28th, 1996. So, I mean, that was right around when like Nights into Dreams was getting going. We were getting Gun Griffin. Right. Um, Games like that were starting to come out. So, I mean, the the 96 was a good year for Saturn. The best year. one came out not too long. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this was definitely not like a... Not like a Panzer Dragoon Saga Winter Heat game. It's it's right, you know, right. It, it did come out when it was hopping, but still, like, why? <laughs> so yeah. what, what I could probably what I could probably say from a from a a, a, a uh, like a hindsight perspective. So right now on eBay, like you can get a Virtual Fighter Kids for fourteen bucks. Buy it now, right now, and a uh, U.S. version. And that's the Japanese version. The fourteen bucks for the Japanese version. And then forty-four bucks for a buy it now complete in box Virtual Fighter Kids for the long box. So it's not particularly a popular game and one that people is hunting down. 
And there might have been a lot of it because I'm seeing a ton of them on eBay for you know the same price, about $45, $50. So, uh, I mean, imagine how cheap it would have been like in back like a couple of years ago. It probably was maybe dollars on the cent. Like maybe Virtua Fighter Kids was a... It's one of those like the, you know, the sat- the Japanese bundles you get like in... Oh, Saturn Bundle Japan, like in 2010s or whatever, where it's like maybe a dollar a game or something or like a $20 US title. But like I said, I think... It potentially did okay. Like, I mean, it sold enough to where it's cheap enough. There's not a lot of demand for it. But um, I don't know. I've not had a chance to go on the, the Google groups and seeing what there is. I could look real quick and see if I could find something, though. I have some- my, like, release date info. And just kind of a slightly unrelated fun fact is that it uh, a press release said it would release um in like this fir- late first or early second week of september but it actually wound up coming out earlier than that and wound up hitting most stores in late august so it came out two weeks earlier than projected in the u.s for whatever reason so there's hmm. a random random factoid for you fun fact fun fact <laughs> i mean as yeah, somebody it's... who c- collects long box saturn games i still don't own a copy and that's not because it's been <laughs> that's not because it's been expensive like pat said it's been fairly relatively cheap i've passed it over because i just haven't found it essential i guess uh, which is you know i'm glad we're talking about it now and we're taking a second look at it and even nick said you know that if he had folks over you know for a play night you know this would be in the stack you know oh, it's yeah. interesting yeah so i mean it definitely is one of those kind of games that you can show off to friends and it's kind of good for a laugh and it's even beyond that there's there's more there if you like dig in but uh but yeah it's honestly it's been one that i i haven't picked up personally yet so i was um, looking at uh, old magazine reviews for virtua fighter kids just now and like game pro and egm reviewed it gave giving it like trending around the three out of five range for like the mm-hmm. ratings and um yeah a scary larry famed game pro reviewer said it was a good idea that did not need a separate game. <laughs> so there's exactly one how I feel perspective like the, of the time. The five word review, I think would be just get Virtua fighter two. <laughs> you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what most people seem to take away from it. it, it yeah. Like a lot of reviews online are just like, why not just play Virtua fighter two? So if you have I mean, like an ODE or you pirate your games a lot, definitely download it, you know, cause it's funny, but don't, you know, it, it's actually a lot more fun than I thought it would be. To be honest Same. with you, play, playing through for this cast um, is probably the most time I've given it. And yeah, actually, Nick is right. Um, like, it's different enough from Virtual Fighter 2 because of all of the physical characteristics of the fighters. It's it's much more close combat. Um, there, You still have the moon jump, but it's not as high because, again, everything is just miniaturized, you know, except for those big heads, you know. But uh, yeah, it's cool. So I wonder now if this game is really emblematic of how in Japan Sega was like really dialed into the culture there, to what people were into, what they liked. Um, And in the West, they were just completely off the mark. Because if you think about it, Virtua Fighter was a phenomenon in Japan, right? So it made sense to exploit the franchise and to put Mm -hmm. out a Virtua Fighter Kids and sell more copies and cross-promote it with Java Tea and whatever that other energy drink was. And so, you know, maybe it wasn't a super necessary game, but it really Mm -hmm. fit in with the culture and the times and what was going on in Japan at the time and what was popular. 
And then it got brought over to the West and everyone's like, well, why isn't this just a secret mode in Virtua Fighter 2? It doesn't make sense, right? Sure. Because, you you know, by stripping away all the cross-promotional stuff out of the game and by putting it now into a territory where Virtua Fighter was never, you know, the be-all, end-all as it was in Japan, you're kind of left with this like orphan game. And Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's a shame because as I've played it, I mean, it's technically very, very sound. It runs at 60 frames. It's higher resolution. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's very beautiful. It's a beautiful game, like straight up. Yeah. I think yeah. it's probably one of the prettiest fighters on the Saturn. Like, and there's more version. to it than just it's a cheat code for VF2. Like, there's right. more to it than that. It's got, you know, acutified backgrounds. It's got multiple different game modes and some fun gameplay mechanics that are thrown in. I mean, it's more than just like a small character big head mode, you know, mm-hmm. of VF2. It's, there's a little more to it than what you see on the cover. Yes. I do like mm-hmm. the ads on the back. 20% faster than Virtual Fighter 2. Amazing special <laughs> moves. Hidden secrets that rate the true Virtual Fighter Master. Customized characters with the now make your own combos mode. Mm-hmm. And new real-time instant real plays. Original movie sequences. Oh boy. Go to your store and pick up Virtual Fighter Kids right now. Speaking of those movie sequences, that are, we got like... They changed the U.S. movie sequences to have like different backgrounds and stuff like that. The the Japanese version was very like vanilla. It was like mm-hmm. white backgrounds and uh, not w- with the with the opening intro FMV. So there's differences there where they kind of like fleshed it out more and of course removed all the advertising. But yeah, it's 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 mm-hmm. cool. I mean, it's an it's an interesting little game. I think what you said, Peter, though, applies to like all of the games that we're going to be talking about except for Megamix, maybe. Megamix really, I think, you know, was fortunate enough to, to garner, you know, widespread ma- or mainstream appeal, you know, in, in, this, in the West. Mm-hmm. But like Last Bronx, and uh, sorry to spoil it, and then the other game we're going to talk about, they also have a bit of that going on where it was like Japan, they were completely dialed in in Japan, knew their market, and uh, it just completely you know either didn't come to the west or flopped in the west you know for one reason or another mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah no no very yeah. true actually yeah that was a sentiment and you're right mega mix is probably the only game to, to break out of that sort of curse but i mean virtua fighter kids feels like a game that could never overcome that mm. that uh like why do i even need this sentiment in the west that's the because thing, i think yeah. if Right. Like if gamers gave it a chance back then, I think they would have realized, okay, you know, beyond the sort of cutesy, whatever uh, visuals, like there's a, there's a good game there. And so, so, so here's a question. I'll throw this out to anybody who may have played both Virtua Fighter 2 and kids extensively. Is the game different enough? And I don't mean visually, obviously it's different visually, but is it different enough from Virtua Fighter 2 to sort of make it its own unique experience? Hmm. My answer is no. Honestly, mm. as, uh, it's it's a nice party trick, and it's a and there's some meat in there, but it's basically I'd rather play Virtual Fighter two. And if yeah, I'm, honestly, this should this yeah. should just this should just been a button mode that you hit, and it switches over the versions. It shouldn't have been its own game, in my opinion. If you're a big fan of Virtual Fighter, you should check it out. If you're yeah. oh yeah you know, a oh yeah casual yeah. fan of Virtual Fighter, then you you can live without it. I mean, and if yeah. you're more interested in having weird fighters, you know, that are funny and quirky that you want to show off at parties and stuff like that, this is going to go over well. It was all Virtual Fighter 2 was always like a thinking man's fighter. It was always kind of not very flashy, very much about like the, the Yu Suzuki was all about like 
traditional arcade or traditional um, martial arts moves and stuff like that. And so the fighting was always very cerebral versus versus flashier, like, you know, kitty kind of stuff. I don't know. It, it just depends on what you what you appreciate more. But this just feels a little unessential compared to all the other fighters on Saturn. I think honestly, I kind of want to own the long box. I actually think it's a really pretty long bo- box art for it and stuff. Nice cover. It's cheap enough. Uh, yeah, I think if you're a Saturn collector, you probably should add it just because it's kind of a neat little gem. Um, maybe if you have a an STB board, just grab the cart and just put it in there for a fun party trick in your uh, your candy cap that you obviously own in your house, as in as most Americans do. So. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a pretty good game. I really think it would have been better off delegated to a button combo you input in Virtual Fighter 2. But I mean, that's just my opinion. I think that if it had sold for like $29.99 or something like that, if it had been a budget release, the way they do like Switch releases these days, you have, you know, your triple A games that are like 60 bucks and then your budget games that are about 30. And then you have your Zelda games that are 70. <laughs> and if it. Like, Exactly. Touche. But if it had been a budget release, you know, for cheaper, I think maybe it would have done better numbers. I don't know. According to the information that we're seeing, it maybe it didn't have a problem selling. But as far as like reviews and stuff go, you know, like if the if the outlets are saying it's not essential, a lot of people who are going to be, you know, deciding how to spend their Christmas money or whatever are going to be going probably with the mainline stuff and steering clear of the you know, these side side tangent things. Like when it came out in the US, MSRP was 50 bucks. That's asinine. That's yeah, for this game, it just doesn't feel like 40 maybe or less. I But yeah, not even. No. Not even, yeah. It should have been 30 bucks or maybe 25. And, and, and over and above the cross promotions, like I'd done a bit of research and there was a toy line that was launched right alongside it where you could buy little, you know, Virtua Fighter Kids figurines and whatever. And right. it sold like crazy. Like, you know, yeah. this game was just perfect for Japan and it just mm-hmm. wasn't for anywhere else. So, yeah. um, you know, and I, and I will agree with each and every one of you that back in the day, you know, for it to have come out at full price, like it was like, why? I, I can't imagine that it sold very well in the West. But now that we're in light years past when the Saturn is current, and we've got, you know, uh, alternate means of playing these games where we're not shelling out tons of cash. Right. Is this still worth a try for folks that haven't played it before? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. At, a, at the low cost of zero for putting it on your ODE or burning a disc, I mean, folks should definitely try it out. It's part of Sega's his, arcade history and, and home console history. And actually, you know, I feel like it, it's, a, it's a good game. Like, it's not a bad game at all. Like, it's a good game. People should definitely check it out. But you have have to understand that Saturn did so well in Japan that they were able to use the console as a marketing tool, you know, to do house walkthroughs, you know, <laughs> and to do to yeah. sell tea and energy yeah. drinks and stuff like that. And so it, it was never meant to be a full price game. It was supposed to be kind of like a, a, a promotional item. promo yeah and then, and then in the west they're looking for games to get to bring over here like what is what kind of crazy stuff are you know the japanese amusement divisions pumping out that we can kind of take and turn into something we can sell over here you know and this was one of them you know they were like okay we can turn that into a release but was it 
It was never intended. I was to imagine be. like doing like the finger points, like okay, let's see, uh, not this RPG, Valkyrie Motor, no, uh, Magic Knight. Oh, Virtual Fighter Kids, obviously. Right. <laughs> uh, that's. But I right. mean, to be fair yeah. though, it's a simple. Like literally, I don't think they need to add any English. I, I imagine if I looked at the Japanese version, which I'll do right now, I imagine there's really no difference between the versions that make it hard to translate. So right, it's simple stuff. So, there's very little Japanese text. So it sounds like we are rec- recommending this game for uh, for folks to play for to play now. Does anybody disagree with that? Just don't don't spend a lot of money on it. Right. And literally, literally yeah, buy the Japanese really version if you really want to physical collect it. It's like 14, 15 bucks. Uh, the Japanese. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like I've been seriously considering picking up a long like a U.S. long box, but I just don't know if I can pay 50 bucks for this game. I don't know. That's where I'm kind of that where I'm like, I don't know if it's worth that. But I mean, maybe the thing is, I just don't know how much I'll play it. But that, I easily recommend it for folks if they're, you know, that they at least try it and see, you know, it might be the fighter for you. You know, they might li- end up liking it better than Virtual Fighter 2, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's true. Especially uh, like if you're thinking about more novice players, you know, Virtual Fighter 2 would be a difficult game to get into, yes. you know, but in comparison. Yeah. So yeah. rewarding, but difficult. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's very fair. Okay, so let's segue into the next game on our list, which is Fighters Megamix. Fighters Megamix is actually one of a very small number of Saturn original AM2 games. So AM2, of course, uh, is the arcade studio headed by Yu Suzuki, and obviously they put out primarily arcade games that would eventually get Saturn conversions, but it wasn't often that they would produce a Saturn original game. But uh, Fighters Megamix was one of those games. It was released at the very, very end of 1996 in Japan. So I'm talking about the last few days of uh, December. And it did get a Western release in the first half of uh, 1997. And for those of you that are interested, by the way, um, in uh, which AM2 projects were designed and and made for the Saturn directly, those were the uh, Rich Fighter portrait discs, those, uh, those CG portrait discs as well as uh, Namiya Muro's Digital Dance Mix, which uh, ultimately came out, uh, I think, towards the end of 97, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, other than that, Fighters Megamix was sort of like the game that uh, AM2 put out for the Saturn. Uh, Quick little bit of history about the game. Um, I think AM2, at the time, the story is that they wanted to sort of put out a, you know, a festive sort of game to celebrate, you know, all of their creations. And it's, it was a game essentially for the fans. I think initially the game title was supposed to be Fighting Festival before it became Fighters Megamix. Uh, it features all the Virtua Fighter 2 characters and all the Fighting Vipers characters, as well as characters from other AM2 games, such as Virtua Fighter Kids. So we've got Kids Kira and Kids Sarah. Uh, Virtua Cop 2, we've got Janet, uh, Daytona USA, we've got the Hornet. Um, yeah, and there's also a couple characters, Bean and Bark from Sonic the Fighters, and even a few other original comedy characters. Um, this game, I think, is all about content. It features all the stages of VF2, Fighting Vipers. 
There's even the desert stage from Virtua Fighter 3, some moves from Virtua Fighter 3 arcade characters, and a bunch of other bonuses. So, you know, it really is, you could you could say, a fighting sort of festival-type game from AM2. Um, Dave, did you happen to play this game upon release? I played it in, like, late 98, around 98 I picked it up. So I mean, not at, okay. exactly at its release, but yeah, no, I remember it was like pretty big for a Saturn game, all things considered, you know? And I mean, Saturn was definitely waning towards the end of 97 and I'm almost completely gone <laughs> in the shops and stuff by 98. But yeah, like this, this was one of those games that I was really excited for back in the day. Did it meet your expectations? Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it plays amazing with a D-pad or an arcade stick. Uh, it's fun with friends. It's got tons of modes, you know, and it'll, it's also got a bunch of unlockable characters, you know. Plus, I love the fact that it had the Daytona car in there, <laughs> which I'm a huge Daytona fan. So, yeah, no, I yeah. mean, this this game, I don't know anybody who doesn't like Mega Mix, honestly. I know some people who rate it the best, their favorite fighter on on the machine. It's not my favorite, but it's up there, you know. I know what you mean, and I remember fondly Sega Saturn magazine at the time, they were covering this game pretty extensively uh, mm-hmm. leading up to its release. And they held Virtua Fighter 2 in very, very high esteem. And so yeah. uh, initially their reaction was, okay, well, this game is clearly better. It's essentially all of Virtua Fighter 2 plus a whole bunch more. And, and ultimately they ended up rating it somewhat lower than Virtua Fighter 2, but it is, I, I would right. agree, you know, a top-notch game. Because of the experience in Virtua Fighter 2 being a bit more crystallized and focused right whereas this is more mm-hmm. like uh they treat it like i don't know just like a party game you know or something like but i mean that that's the thing is this game does you can you can switch the modes and play this virtua fighter style you know the the default is, they've got the default set to vipers you know so if you don't go in and change that then you'll be you will be like okay this plays more like fighting vipers <laughs> yeah yeah um Pat, I have a question for you. So this game is the only game out of the three we're going to talk about that does not run in the Saturn's high-resolution mode. So it's noticeably blockier, I guess you could say, compared to the other two. Right. Does that make a difference to you? Like, you know, is that something that will affect, like, does that look cringy to you at this point in time, or or does that not matter? Um, With the output and video stuff I use, it doesn't really matter. It looks still really good. I think it looks pretty nice, and okay. I know there's definitely a visual downgrade between even Virtual Fighter Kids and this. But honestly, I think it's probably my favorite. Uh, this game is probably my favorite out of the three. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it looks really great. I think it plays. Actually, I really like the Fighting Vipers engine compared to the Virtual Fighter one. So I'm gonna probably switch mm-hmm. to that. I actually did not know that, so I'll go find that. But I do think it's one of my favorites, and I think uh, Candy is the best character in the game. Just being honest. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a popular one for sure. So, okay, so I've got a, I've, I wrote down a statement as I was kind of going through my thoughts for this game, and I read it back to you, and you let me know how accurate you feel this is. So, Fighters Mega Mix plays like something that should exist between the King of Fighters games and Super Smash Bros. It's like it exists somewhere in the middle. Is that fair? Would you say that that's pretty accurate? Like it's a mashup, certainly, and it's definitely more fast-paced, arcadey, you know, easier to get into. Does that sound true? Does that ring accurate yeah, to you? I'd say about so. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, with King of Fighters, that's more of a serious fighting game that aims to take itself seriously and wants to be viable right. for competitive play. Whereas this, uh, it's not quite Smash Bros. in the sense that it's not a platform fighter, but 
it's not quite King of Fighters in the sense that it's really not well balanced at all um, because of how many like funny joke characters are in Mega Mix. Like you're not going to catch people playing as Hornet in a tournament for Fighters Mega Mix. But right. I mean, the fact that it's there is delightful. Like the you can bear. play as a fucking car or the inflatable, you know, bear or um, or they, they got like some Sonic the Fighters characters in here and yep. even a couple of Virtua Fighter mm-hmm. Kids characters uh, in fighting with the big boys. Um and yeah, it's it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, it's an all around Sega celebration. Um, and uh, I, I think that saying it's somewhere between King of Fighters and Smash is pretty accurate. Yeah, it's a mashup game. Yeah. Honestly, to speak to what you said, Peter, about the the frame uh, was the resolution mode, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. it does use an interlaced mode during. So this is the one thing that I wasn't originally used to. Uh, and I never noticed back back in the day on a regular CRT, it looked completely fine on a consumer CRT. But once I started using like deinterlacing, um, you'll notice that Virtua Fighter 2 is like super crisp in game. You know, the graphics in game are super crisp and they don't need to be deinterlaced. Um, but this game is interlaced even during the during the game. And so like the HUD kind of flickers when you when you're using like a Bob deinterlacer or something like that. Um, so that's that's one of the things that I notice is kind of a sometimes distracting to me <laughs> is that the the life bars are kind of like flickery. Yeah, yeah. Um, this game, one of the reasons, at least that was quoted back in the day for why the resolution was downgraded from Virtua Fighter 2's, you know, really nice crispy resolution is that unlike the games that use high resolution, this game uses a lot of lighting effects. Mm. And of, of course, it depends on the stage you're you're uh, fighting in. But there's definitely one stage, like for example, Sarah's stage from Virtua Fighter One, that has that floor, the checkered floor, where it lights up. That there's right. some real time lighting going on there in Fighters Mega Mix, or there's this other stage where y- you almost look like you're in almost like a wrestling ring, and and the posts and the turnbuckles are all kind of like lights, and they they take turns in flashing on and off, corner to corner, and, you know, the lighting effects are, you know, real-time across the characters as they fight, which, you know, I'm sure inevitably takes some processing power, and so, uh, you know, some of that had to be reclaimed, I guess, by by uh, uh, downgrading the resolution. And I mean, mm-hmm. so, so here's a question. Which would you prefer? Would you prefer real-time lighting on the characters, or would you prefer nice, crisp, uh, high resolution? What's your what's your preference? I like I really love the look of Virtua Fighter 2's high resolution, just how crisp it is. Um, I probably would prefer that, but I do appreciate the lighting effects, and I appreciate like when Candy or when any of the characters are like uh, powering up, you get this little like these like rays of light uh, that kind of shoot across the screen. You know what I'm talking about when they charge up their, you know, they charge up right before a before a strike. You know, I appreciate. I appreciate everything that the game is doing. I think that if I just had a preference, yeah, it would be the the high resolution. Yeah, actually, what I've noticed, actually, I think I think I know why I'm playing right now. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm getting a lot of like a lot of like slowdown, like just a ton from just this one, the smash alone. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe it might not have been optimized as well as the other ones were like the other virtual fighters and stuff were. Maybe there's just a lot of effects going on. Yeah, you know what? That's true. Now that you mention it, Pat. I recall when I was playing, I didn't notice that in any of the other games, but this one occasionally did have slowdown, especially because, I mean, really, like, I mean, the characters are also usually in an enclosed arena, so there's some extra processing. You can smash your opponent through the walls, 
and they've got armor. So as you play and your armor sort of depletes, you know, there's extra pieces to sort of knock off your fighters. So maybe it's just a tiny, tiny bit too ambitious for for the Saturn to handle. I don't know. Um, Nick, did you notice any slowdown playing this? Every now and then, yeah, I'll, I'll notice some. It's not like debilitating, but periodically you'll get a couple of frame rate drops in matches, particularly in any stage like the one Pat's playing right now where it's a fighting Viper stage where there are walls that can break and stuff. I think it's just a lot for the processors and to think about. Um, but we've seen in other fighting games that complex stages and characters in 3D fighting games like this, there are other Saturn games that do basically this in an optimized way that doesn't drop frame rate. Um, Virtua Fighter 2, for example, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That is doesn't have the borders that Fighting Vipers does, but um, but it still has really complex stages that it's rendering and thinking about. Um, a lot of quads to crunch. So I don't know. I think I, I think it's more of a testament to Sega made this game as a fun celebration party game, uh, not as a put it in Evo game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Um, I mean, you're still getting all the fighting mechanics of Virtua Fighter 2, of Fighting Vipers, some of that built into all the crazy bonus characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still a very methodical fighting game where you need to think about what you're doing and think about what combos work in certain situations, good reflexes and all that. Mm-hmm. But it's not supposed to be like, it's not supposed to compete with Virtua Fighter 2. It's not supposed to compete with King of Fighters. Uh, with Street Fighter 2 it's it's its own shtick so when when you overanalyze it it's easy to get get into the, you know kind of nitpick things you know yeah. but one thing I will say anecdotally is that at PRGE it was one of the most popular games you know uh, oh, yeah, so, people love so, it. so yeah. here's the funny thing at mm-hmm. PRGE we had crappy monitors okay we had these crappy like Crosley uh, TVs yeah. and we had like 25 of them right they were all matching so that's what they gave us and we we're like okay YOLO, we're just going to use composite on all of these, you know, and just plug them in. And nobody, it's funny, like, even though we didn't get the budget for uh, frame masters. And actually, I had to, it's funny, I had to sacrifice my retro tank there for them so that they can use it for the the, uh, the, the blockbuster thing. But the thing is, even though a bunch of us were like RGB, you know, HD signal purists and, and, you know, all about trying to get the best image at home, you know, with BVMs or, or you know, pro monitors at this, at PRGE at the game room is nobody cared about that. Everybody was just kind of like, Oh, fighters, mega mix, or, you know, Oh, you know, virtual on. Right. And people would just flock to this machine and get on that pro, uh, the virtual fighter pro stick, you know, the big stick, the arcade. What, what do you oh, call like it? Like the one for two players. Yeah. It's like the, the dual input one, the dual input one. Yeah, exactly. I think I thought it was just like the Virtual Fighter Pro stick. But anyway, so uh, Virtuous Stick Pro is what it was. Yeah, they, they'd hop on that and just have a blast with this game. So anecdotally, just as far as like a, pe- uh, you know, crowd appeal, it was one of the most popular games because people didn't really care about nitpicking the resolution or whether it was better than Virtual Fighter 2. They were just like, it has so many modes, it has so many characters, and, it, and it's just a, a fun game to hop on and play. And... I noticed that too. Like I sat down and played a few folks and it was just really fun. Like universally, every friend or family member I've shown this game to has just loved it. And if they talk about Saturn with people who I'm friends with who don't really play Saturn games, they remember this game. They remember Mm -hmm. Fighters Megamix. They're like, oh, what's the one where you get the guy with the bowling ball shoulder pads and you fight a car or whatever? Like (laughs) they want to play that one. 
yeah it's, it's delightful it's very easy to like pick up and play too for even for people who are not into fighting games uh, and i think that's part of what makes this so universally loved so okay we know that in north america virtue fighter the franchise wasn't all that popular compared to japan and arguably neither was fighting vipers or whatever virtue fighter kids comes along and we're like why is this a game Fighters Megamix comes along and we all love it. What's the difference? What made this game so much more appealing, for example, than than Rich Fighter Kids? It's not a reskin of VF2. Right. There's enough mm. new stuff in it, new characters. Even to people who've played the hell out of VF2 and Fighting Vipers, there's enough new characters and new other things to, uh, you know, the Virtua Fighter 3 combos and stuff like that that they threw mm-hmm. in. There's enough to like make it okay. Yeah, this is worth me buying. There's a million characters you can play as Siba, which is like that was kind of a neat um, element for people who were Virtua Fighter fans. Uh, Siba being the character who was cut from the original arcade version. Right. Um, you can play as like a Janet from Virtua Cop, which is really neat. Uh, Rent a Hero is a character. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like really niche Sega references that if you're a, a diehard fan of Sega. Yeah. Um, there's a, enough in here for you to be like, oh, this is cool. You know, yeah, it stands alone really well. You got Dural unlocked. Yeah, Dural being playable is good. Yeah. So I was going to mention that there is a ton of Sega Easter eggs in this game. You know, most of them focused around AM2, of course. Rent-A-Hero is a good example. I happen to own a Dreamcast Rent-A-Hero game, but that's a very Japanese sort of reference, right? So you'd have yeah. to be really dialed into to Sega and like the Sega universe to really truly get all of the references, you know, but there is some lighthearted fun stuff in there too. Um, uh, and I'm just curious if any of the uh, sort of wacky or bonus or, or Easter egg type stuff uh, stands out for anybody. I think my favorite part of the thing is the inflatable bear or the, or the uh, Hornet from the uh, Tony USA. Hell yeah. I think those are my favorite, my favorite things in the game is that silliness i just love the the fact that you can switch to different modes of it there's just so much in this game it's like like i said you can spend mm-hmm. so many hours playing unlocking stuff versus virtual fighter kids it's like you what maybe i think you can only get dural or something like that right so it's, but like, it's funny because we just found out that the japanese virtual fighter kids you do have to unlock a ton of stuff right and the american version it's it's all there there's nothing to unlock really so it's kind of right. weird how that was sort of changed up but but yeah good point pat yeah. and wasn't that inflatable bear is that the character that has like literally zero animation no frames? articulation like, <laughs> it's just, right it's just like yeah this thing it's that, just movement on yeah. a stick static model it's like, awesome right it's awesome <laughs> It's pandemonium. It's, the the whole game, the, the whole game is just the mashups were were really popular back then, and I think they still are. You know, like Capcom, like all of the crossover fighters. You know, and that's the thing is this was a crossover of two awesome franchises, Sega franchises, and it just had a bunch of cool stuff in it. Um, bang, you know, in terms of bang for your buck, like this provided a lot more. It feels like it was much more substantial. You made a point where they took out all the barriers for Virtual Fighter kids, right? Because if they hadn't done that, and that's what you saw, like when you fired up the full priced Saturn game in the West, you'd have been like, wow, there really is not a whole lot here. Mm-hmm. You know, so like they unlocked all that stuff so that you'd get a sense that you actually were getting what you paid for. You know, whereas, like I say, in Japan, it was like a promo product. And, you know, you'd kind of unlock stuff, you'd put it at a kiosk or you'd put it at, you know, either sell it for cheaper to kind of sell a product, you know, and people could like unlock stuff as they go. But 
I just think that uh, Fighters Mega Mix is kind of universally loved or at least appreciated in Saturn circles just because of how much it offers, you know. And if you're a big Virtual Fighter fan, you can always change in the settings and go, you know, Virtual Fighter mode. And then it'll play a, a bit more like what you're used to or what, what you like, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, I'm going to ask for roundtable recommendations for this game. But before I do that, a couple of really quick uh, sort of tidbits or fun facts. Fun fact. The North American release of Fighters Megamix is the first Saturn title to drop the barbershop stripes on the front cover of it and just go with oh, a plain yeah. white background. Mm-hmm. So that was the very first game to do that. Every subsequent release after that would drop the barbershop stripes and go with just the sort of solid white True. Uh, stripe at the, uh, and on the spine as well. Uh, so that was kind of a very, very subtle change in packaging. If you think about the Genesis before it and the Dreamcast after it, both of those libraries about midway through their life cycle had significant packaging changes like the genesis went from that that sort of black grid to the uh, red stripes and then the dreamcast went from the white to the black right uh but saturn stayed pretty consistent and and one of the very subtle changes was the the dropping of the barbershop stripes uh the other quick little tidbit i want to uh, uh mention is uh candy's got this move where she like sort of thrusts herself butt first into the face oh, yeah. of her opponent right that's a classic viper's move yeah classic yeah viper's classic move. um so i i looked up the move in the uh north american manual uh what it's called in the fighters mega mix manual and if i've got the, the move correctly it's called booty bop booty which bop. is nice. a bit of a interesting uh, interesting, interesting way to, for that. to put it mm-hmm booty bop um whereas i am I, I could be wrong i may be getting my moves confused but there is a, a move a similar move uh, for her that in japanese it translates to slice of heaven or something like that because oh you know, god you're no. this. so so another very sort of subtle oh, you know east to west uh uh translation so yeah probably probably for the best to not have it like that or, mm-hmm. oh yeah no that's a, that's a good localization idea <laughs> Yes, that was I. I would agree with that one. You know, for all the ways that localizations sometimes destroy the uh, source material, this was not a bad change. Um, so yeah, so we'll go with that. Okay, I want to look at Captain. Her losing her top though—that's kind of interesting. Hell yeah! Yes, yes, but you know what? But but you could have every single fighter lose their uh, their armor, and so yeah, you get what you get. I guess that's true. <laughs> and that armor comes off, right? Unless you're an inflatable bear. I just want to reiterate for people that actually want to play it that she is not actually like topless, topless. She has like her undershirt on. So right, it's I don't know if I got right. the people excited. So yeah. you just wanted to let let you all know, just in case you like came and said, "Oh, you lied. This is not topless." Yeah, no. For top heavy entertainment, there should be like dead or alive, maybe. But yeah, nobody mentioned this, but um, on the back it it points out bonus preview special moves straight from VF3 Arcade. So yeah, it had the yes. Virtual Fighter three moves in it, you know, which was like mm-hmm. they were wait, mm-hmm. you know, this this came at the time when folks were like talking about and hoping for like a VF three on Saturn, you know, it was like well, and the mags even pointed that out. Well, in the meantime, you get uh, you know Mega Mix, and that has some VF three moves in it, you know, so you can start practicing. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I, I like how that's a, that that <laughs> they pointed that out is that you can actually it has the moves from there. It's like cool. Can I yeah, play the cool. game from there? Yeah. 
Can I get the game? 32 champions, one game, no mercy. And it even says like 32 arenas of combat, choose from breakthrough cage or ruthless no boundary mode. Simply put, this is the best fighting game ever. Next generation. <laughs> so yeah, they, I, don't, they I, I, don't, I think I agree with that that much. But yeah, I, th- I think yeah. that's, well, there's a lot that keeps from being a great, fi- amazing fighter, a legendary fighter on the level of Rich Fighter 2 or 1, you know? Like to me, it's like the slowdown really just kills it for me. Like, mm. I, I get like, and like the, the slowdown just like really is the biggest issue and gripe I have with it. And just like the idea that you can switch fighting modes. So it's like, what mode is the legit tournament mode? Do you play the Virtue Fighter or Fighting Vipers mode? And if you can pick either or. Hey, Pat, at least it's not as bad as the Tiger Electronics Gamecom version. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> see, that's the truly oh, elite. God. Yeah, yeah. This, this, game, this game actually not got a Saturn a, exclusive. It got a port. <laughs> <laughs> no, it got oh, a very, a very right. funny. Yeah, it's a port of potty, more like it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Pat, it it almost sounds like you would prefer Virtua Fighter Kids over Fighters Mega Mix. Is that accurate, or what would you say? Ah, oh, that's hard. It, it, so, say like it's a, to- a tournament thing where it's like, hey, we're gonna play a tournament game, like a competitive thing. I would probably pick Virtua Fighter Kids for that, but like I just think Mega Mix is just so much fun. It's like Smash Brothers. It's like, you know, you want to play Smash that mm. fun, beat people up, and then you want to play uh, King of Fighters or something to get the tournament level stuff going. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good analogy. Well, okay, so would you, regardless though, would you recommend this game to players today? Yeah, obviously. There's a lot. It's very playable. It's a ton of fun. Like It's, it's a fu- actually a fun game. There's some great character additions and some silliness to it. Um, and it's not that expensive right now, knock on wood. It's about uh, it's looking like it's about like what you'd pay for Breath of the Wild, so fifty to fifty to seventy dollars it looks like on eBay. Some buy there's some the, the Japanese version of course is cheap, it's like fourteen to sixteen dollars, so some selling for seven dollars, so there's that option. That's just crazy US Saturn prices though, too, because this is like a pretty common game, you know? The fact yeah. that it's like 50 to 70 bucks just blows my mind because just a few years ago, this was like a 15 to $20 game, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, you know, something I just remembered, um, Janet Marshall from Virtual Cup, who was in this game, her moveset, I believe, is pretty much the moveset of that new character in Virtual Fighter 3, that, that Japanese dancer lady. What was her name? Aoi or something like that? I can't remember. Anyway, hmm. um, you know, so yes, like the Akiras and the Jeffries and the, you know, others of the world did get some extra Virtua Fighter 3 moves into Mega Mix, but I'm pretty sure Janet got the lion's share because she represented that that new uh, Virtua Fighter 3 character. So anyways, fun little tidbit I figured I'd throw in. Um, Dave, would you recommend this game to players today? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, I recommend picking up a copy if you can, for a decent price, um, it's worth, it's like 40, 40, if you can get like a copy for 40 bucks, I think it's worth it. Definitely download it, definitely play it, you know, whatever means you have and, uh, try it with friends too. Cause like, again, this is one of the, I think that could be said of most games that it's better with friends, but I mean, this is definitely one of those Mm -hmm. ones that benefits from a room full of people, you know, having next absolutely definitely it's just it's just a lot of fun and so when you do it like tournament style you 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 can have so much more fun with this game but you know it has a lot of modes and it has a prac you know 
training mode that you can work on your skill and get better with a certain character or multiple characters and then and then invite your friends over and just have fun you know it's a great game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in college i was part of a competitive smash bros melee group and i hosted a a joke tournament with a lot of really dumb rules like you know polka floats and stuff like that it wasn't like tournament legal right. and they were like you know you could spin a wheel to have some certain items turned on or whatever one of the th- rules is that you could gentlemen's agreement to settle a uh, a tied match um with a game of fighters megamix <laughs> I, I had it set funny. up on one of the monitors and a lot of people opted to do that um to climb the bracket was Not, there, was there a lot was there a lot of ties very often in that tournament well i tie by tie like say it's a best of three i i should rephrase like if it was a best of three and it's like one guy wins one the other guy wins the second match and the final match is like the deciding one they can gentlemen's agree to just instead settle it on a fighters megamix and 100 percent of the people who were there had not played it ever <laughs> other than me of course but yeah so it was it was fun they so loved nick it. is your favorite character panda chong yeah <laughs> uh, of course of there course of course <laughs> yeah no, question. <laughs> no yeah you didn't even have to ask um some fun tidbit about the american release uh, it you know it didn't seem to sell well here and perhaps here's why um perusing the pr- press releases and usenet posts uh, combining all those sources, what happened is that it started as a blockbuster exclusive on May second, nineteen ninety seven. So we're already late oh, in the Saturn's lifespan. So it was a yeah. blockbuster exclusive for like two weeks before it got released officially mid May, around the fourteenth or fifteenth. And stores kept talking about how often they would sell out of this game, and they had trouble like having enough copies, so they didn't ship enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just really was kind of set up for failure in the U.S. based on its release. Mm-hmm. I don't say blockbuster exclusive. This game's going to jump up to five thousand dollars now. Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah. yeah L- so, literally, it's like every other game that's a blockbuster exclusive always ends up being in the thousands of dollars. Like I think that GameCube one, I forgot the name it was, but there's a new GameCube one they found out that was, and it wasn't expensive before, but now it's like up there in price and i can't Block, remember but, blockbuster was. exclusivity was timed so two weeks after that it was in other stores but yeah for mm-hmm. the first two weeks that was the only place you could get it i remember um you know picking picking that so picking this up in 98 which is when i got it so mm-hmm. obviously the saturn was gone from the market and i was a i was really big into GameSpot. sorry not GameStop, but GameSpot as an outlet for news and stuff like that at the time because despite saturn not doing great in the west jeff gersman was like a big saturn fan you know and he would always kind of like try to push you know saturn games even though the rest of the crew would be like what are you talking about (laughs) but uh but he even stated that it's like one of the reasons to justify purchasing the system which at that point would have been really cheap you know it would have been a cheap proposition for like playstation owners or nintendo 64 owners to like get into a saturn as it they were like steeply steeply discounted in the west you know and that's how i got my saturn in in early 97 was cheap (laughs) because like it just wasn't doing well you know so that's the recommendation i i believe it was GameSpot that originally pointed me towards this game you know so I wonder now, as I switch over to Nick for your recommendation, I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to give it a thumbs up. But yeah, would you say that this is maybe the most accessible 3D fighting game on the Saturn? I would say it's got a very good chance of being the most accessible 3D fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, VF2 is relatively accessible, but if you're playing against someone who's mastered VF2, you're going to have a bad time. 
Whereas in Megamix, there's enough BS to where you can cheese your way to victory with other characters. Uh, and it's, yeah, I, I'd i say it's definitely, uh, of all the casual like Saturn fans and casual gamers who I've shown this to, and I use the word casual loosely here, universally, all of them have loved Megamix. None of them have hated it at all. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's extraordinarily accessible um, for for people who aren't into fighting games or Saturn games. Definitely the most accessible 3D fighter. I think yeah. that Street Fighter Alpha Two mm-hmm. is really accessible as well, and it has it's pretty pick up and play. I mean, easy to easy to get your grips on, and but takes forever to master. Kind of like this, you know. Yeah, you easily pick this game up and play, but you know, then you can become like a god at it <laughs> if you really spend yeah. time, you know. And in Megamix, there's enough joke characters and funny stuff to like keep pretty practically anyone in the room entertained while it's right. on. Right. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Absolutely. Two thumbs up. All right. And then just to circle back to me, obviously, I'm going to go with what everybody else is saying. You know, huge thumbs up. Great game. And yeah, everybody should pick it up. Let's, uh, let's round this out with uh, the last of our three latter-day 3D fighting games, and I'm talking about Last Bronx. So a bit of, uh, a bit of history on Last Bronx. So it's an AM3 creation. It's a fast-paced, weapons-based fighter running on an advanced variant of the Model 2 arcade board. It released in Japanese arcades in mid-1996, and in the West it was in uh, late 1996 in the arcades. Uh, The Saturn version was converted by AM3 themselves, and so it followed uh, with a summer 97 release in Japan and uh, late 97 in the West, making it the last big Sega arcade conversion to hit the Western Saturn. Um, And, you know, to be honest, even thinking about the arcade version, I'm not sure that I ever saw a Last Bronx arcade uh, cabinet in the, you know, in the wild yeah. so to speak so no, this is probably not a game that. that got a whole lot of no i i don't either and so you know um again just like with i think with uh with uh, virtual fighter kids really big game in japan um you know it was it was followed very closely to see how it would convert over to the saturn um you know there was a radio show uh, uh made for it in japan so it you know there was there's was a lot of sort of periphery to this uh to this franchise and so again, it makes its way over. It's a very sort of competent game. It makes its over to the West. And I'm not sure that anybody cared in late 1997 that the Saturn got Last Bronx as an arcade conversion. You know, but but I want to hear, you know, I'll start with you, Dave. You know, did this game hit your radar at all? This is my favorite fighting game on the Saturn. I don't know if that's a hot take. Wow, okay. here, here's a hot take. I like AM3 games better than AM2 games. And I know that's a hot take, but like Ooh. I love Sega Rally, Last Bronx, Sega, I mean, Sega Rally, yeah. Last Bronx, Manx TT, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Virtual On, Last Bronx, Top Skater. By the way, this game was like almost back to back with Top Skater. And I've often said to Peter that I feel like this game aesthetically has kind of like a Top Skater vibe or lo- looks some of the characters and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was AM3 and they made it like back to back with Top Skater. 
very so, adjacent games. Yeah, very adjacent that. had that kind of like Tokyo. Uh, I don't know, like it definitely with the character design of like Kenta, and there's another character in in Last Bronx that kind of uh, resembles him. Yeah. But yeah, no, Last I, Bronx. I, tra- is- I trade I trade Last Bronx for Top Skater any day of the week. <laughs> okay. So I mean, I'm, I trade but- Top Skater for Last Bronx. Sorry, the reverse. But if you have top, top Bronx or last skater, though, you, you mash them up, then you'd have no, but you'd have, <laughs> yeah, you'd have a double awful game. No, I absolutely loved this game back then. And I love it now. I love, it's just, it moves so quick, you know, it, ha- it just, it, it's so tight and fast. And then you have the weapons with the, with the, uh, kind of like blur effect that they do and all the little, little, uh, technical things that they kind of did to kind of fake the, the overall, presentation of like the arcade version um i think it really helps that it was them that did that brought the arcade version to the saturn you know in the same way that Mm -hmm. am2 brought virtual fighter 2 you know from the arcade to the saturn they were really able to make this game you know perform well on the saturn and yeah it's i know it's i don't think it's i don't know anybody else who says it's their favorite saturn fighting game but it's mine (laughs) Yeah, it's up there for me. I this is my first time playing it, and it's for sure in my like top three fighters on the Saturn, up there with Asuka 120 and Mega Mix. Um, mm-hmm. I was blown away by it. the The 3D graphics on the models themselves and the stages, and yeah. the f- fact that all of it comes together to run at a very smooth, consistent frame rate. Um, uh, the the the. St- underground street fighting style weapons that they all have with like the right. knives and the wooden sticks and it just feels really gritty and like gutter punk i guess with the yeah, lack of better the team and it's uh, channeling it, yeah exactly it, it, that's a good good description it's kind of channeling the akira vibe you know from the the film yes. akira you know the kind of post-apocalyptic tokyo kind of thing and uh, with the really bold red, red letters, you know, and uh, I love like Nagi and Yoko, like their move set. Nagi has this move They're where so she, good. Can, she can just grab you with her thigh around your neck and then just like, <laughs> just like, yeah. how is that physically possible? <laughs> and like the stage names are really goofy. There's a stage yeah. called Lust Subway. And I think there's one called Radical Parking Lot. <laughs> like, but, hey, hey, yes. oh, yeah. I'm going to call that my parking lot. Like my parking lot. I'm going to go to the Radical this- Parking Lot. Or the dark parallel rooftop. park in the radical lot. <laughs> exactly. There's exactly. Nothing more nineties than radical. So, right? like, I mean, no, no. Is it fair to say that this didn't do so well because you had games like Toshinden and Soul Edge? Or Soul well, I think Blade? it was. It was just so late. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, it was. This was October seventeenth, nineteen ninety-seven, in the U.S. And like right. even in Japan, it was kind of a later end of the Saturn lifespan. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, fighting game. Perhaps it was more popular in Japan, and the West, or in the West, it certainly wasn't. Oh, it was and this incredibly was like, popular in Japan. Yeah. Like the yeah. end of nineteen ninety-seven is essentially the end of the Saturn in the U.S. Because in ninety-eight yep. there was like you know seven, eight games that came out. Yeah. So this was like really like this is. I'm pretty sure this would be after Final Fantasy VII came out, or at least after it had PR'd. You know. Sega out in, in, out of existence in the mm-hmm. fifth gen, mm-hmm. um, so it, it really there were not a lot of people, not a lot of eyeballs in this game when it released, and uh, I think that's super unfortunate because what's yeah. here is truly special. It's so much fun to play. It's so easy to pick up. It's so smooth, right. and it's so you know I guess rad. Maybe you can say that. That's and being, it's like a radical <laughs> parking parking lot. lot, and Saturn awesome. being Saturn being super successful in Japan. And also Sega being like the kings of the king of the arcades in Japan, um, it did incredibly well in Japan. And um, rather than just being like a Me Too weapons fighter, it ended up being like 
uh, eclipsing the other ones in terms of popularity. It got a live action right. movie. It had you right. know anime. It had co- comics and art books and stuff like that. It's a lot, lot more stuff over there than I did not even know that. Yeah, I think that um, one of Virtua Fighter's biggest criticisms, even in the '90s, is that uh, it was very basic in terms of its style, particularly compared to Tekken, which was mm. coming out around the same time. Tekken mm-hmm. had this very like. You know, very in-your-face, gritty, underground street fighting style vibe to it. You were, you know, there were parts of the, that series where you like fought like, you know, Uber Satan, which turned out to be one of the main characters or something, right? There's like a, there's Yoshimitsu, there's martial law, there's all sorts of crazy, wacky characters in it, in this really just cool martial arts style. Like it's like a, like a cool martial arts movie in a video game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have Virtua Fighter, which it's, its style is not bad. It's just very basic in terms of its, you know plot its story its characters and all that and so sega's like oh you want us to get gritty fine we'll do it we'll do it and then they made last mm-hmm. bronx right. <laughs> right like that's kind of right. what i feel like they did and they really knocked the door down with what they pulled off here yeah i definitely think it's i actually at first i really hated this game i really? didn't really get get the point of it i was not a fan of it like i played with my friend and i was like i'm not liking this game but i gave it a little another try and i really like it i just don't know why all the characters look angry and uh nagi looks like android 18 from dragon ball z <laughs> interestingly enough nagi has like a love interest with yoko but they kind of edited that out of the u.s version they're the like cousins well, apparently right no you know, in the in the american manual uh all the characters have like self descriptions right and uh in uh, in the american manual nagi's description says i formed the dogma crew with one rule only no boys allowed no boy she hates i don't hate men. I don't hate men. I just expect them to serve me. (laughs) (laughs) And then the end of the description says, uh, you know, if pigs like Kurosawa can't handle that, they can tell it to the business end of my sai. That tomboy Yoko, on the other hand, is welcome to join us whenever she wants. So they hint at it, but I don't think they come out and directly say it. Um, Which I think even then that was kind of a lot for the late 90s in America for them to be willing to put that in the manual. Yeah, exactly. I'm just surprised and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, Yoko's my cousin and I have yeah. to look out for them or something like that, like a, <laughs> like a, like a Sailor in, Moon sort of thing. In Japan, it was like an unrequited love story, you know, where it's like yeah. she, she yes. likes Yoko, but Yoko doesn't, isn't interesting. Yeah. So I'm fairly certain that the anime cutscenes did make it into the uh, American version of the game or am yeah. I confused here? They, they I did, wasn't right? seeing yeah, any, no, were they, they? Is it like in the beginning? I think there's like an option to watch them. I yeah. don't think it's like there's no intro cutscene. I don't think. I'll check that out mm-hmm. real quick. Unless I missed something real, real bad. Yeah, yeah it could I be in the options. And it is uh, dubbed, I believe, rather than being subbed, which is just fine for me, anyways. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure the characters in the game are like speaking Japanese, though, which I think is kind of weird. Or like when they're sorry when they're fighting, they're speaking Japanese. So they are. Yeah, all the in-game dialogue is in Japanese on the American version. No subtitles, nothing like that. So oh no, they they do subtitle for these for the, uh, the the credit for the opening credits. It's subtitled for the song. Yep, looks like it. Mm-hmm. That's Peter, what do cool. you think of this game? What are your thoughts? Oh, geez. I mean, I liked it. It was faster than Virtua Fighter 2. It was more interesting. There there seemed to be more character depth as opposed to maybe not fighting depth, not maybe not gameplay mechanical depth. That, that will always belong to Virtua Fighter 2. But this game just grabbed me a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And the story was kind of, you know, sort of, you know, post-apocalyptic sort of... You know, this dark tournament to settle, uh, you know, who's going to rule the mean streets of Neo-Tokyo. Like, it was pretty cool. 
Like it was, you know, it, it really appealed from that perspective. And, um, you know, I have to admit, I did not initially appreciate anime in any 3D games from Sega. So I'm talking about things like Burning Rangers, Last Bronx as well. But now as time has gone on, boy, do I love it. I think it just fits in so well. And it's just such a sort of cultural snapshot. So again, I'm, I'm sort of looking at this from like a 10,000 foot view. But but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was, uh, it's a shame that it came out as late as it did. Because yeah. what I do remember, so two two bits of memory that I'll share. I picked up this copy from the local Walmart new for four ninety nine because you know they got three copies in, nobody bought them. They just sat there and wow, and they discounted them heavily. So yeah, I picked it up for less than five bucks brand new, and that's the copy that's I still have. Yeah, and it is fantastic. You made out like a bandit though, because this game's going up for about one eighty one eighty for the US long box version and like probably about fifteen yeah. to thirty for the Japanese copy. And not surprised because it was such a late release, right? Oh, um, no, actually, I'm seeing that's weird. I'm seeing it's like $58 for some of them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 58 for the US long box. I don't know. It's, it's, Probably has. I mean, it just depends on the, the condition, you know? Yeah, Maybe I might have been looking at like a new one. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Japanese version, you got two discs. And the second disc, it has a lot of Japanese text. It has a really extensive training mode, you know, which would be kind of like, I guess, abridged for the u.s version they just kind of compress it onto the first disc and that's all we got is one disc in the u.s but i mean um saturn world says last bronx proves that sega is still the master of fighting games i don't think anybody was really expecting am3 to make a good fighting game like that wasn't really their bread and butter (laughs) you know i mean racing game virtual on virtual on arguably came out a year before and that was a fighting game but not really a conventional fighting game you know so it was kind of you know it's a it's a brilliant fighting game all things considered you know and um if you like if you like soul caliber you know or you like weapons based fighters you know granted this isn't the same team that made it but it's it's definitely in that vein and i think folks that yeah. like that will appreciate this you know i like Absolutely. the fact that you can jump up onto the guardrail and like jump yes. over your opponent the 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 matches only last 30 seconds and that's pretty much all you need because it's so fast you some of these matches can end in like five seconds you know yeah especially just when you combo get, one. yeah you get like these flurries going and there are these feints faint moves that you can do where you kind of fake out your opponent and then you come in with a counter attack and you're able to get in so many hits it's crazy Dave, do you remember at the time, one memory I have is that this game got pretty much ignored in the gaming press. Like I remember reading, you know, reviews that were all of three paragraphs and a quarter of a page. And it was like, yeah, the game is good, but nobody cares. Are we talking about, you know, American press? Because yes, in, yes. In, okay, in American press. Okay. So yeah, I mean, they Euro- co- the European press really covered the hell out of it. They covered they the hell out of it. Did. And then when it released it, they fell silent. It was like uh, they, they covered it and covered it and there were like articles and interviews with the developer and then like a big expose. And then it was just like it came out and they reviewed it and that was it. <laughs> it was just kind of, and then and they didn't rate it as high as like VF2, you know, um, I think it got like a 92 percent. Yeah. Here in the West, West, West <laughs> here here in America, we I heard a little bit about it through like Next Generation. I was reading back then, mm-hmm. but it wasn't yeah. anything. Yeah, it wasn't anything significant because, again, it's one of those casualties of just coming out in late 97. Like Nick said, 97 was the I often I think 
official Sega Saturn magazine called it the Hail Mary year. It was like at the beginning of the year, they knew that it was a make it or break it year for the Saturn. And by the end of the year, it was like the writing was already on the wall. And it was like, Mm -hmm. okay. So, you know, um, 96 was a great year for sales and everything like that. And they, of course, they had the three free games and all that. But yeah, in 97, it just kept getting worse as the year went on. And this just came out too late. So it's like, even if folks were thinking about writing about it, where was their audience? You know, they were thinking like, how many people are going to read this? Because how many people own a Saturn? It's not doing that well in the Mm -hmm. West. Mm -hmm. So, you know. I wonder, like, have any of you played the Japanese edition of the game? And the the reason I'm asking is, is in some of the levels, the backgrounds, especially the very first one, I I wish I remembered what it was called exactly, but there are a lot of really large, prominent Sega Saturn logos. And that makes me wonder Mm -hmm. whether in Japan that was another sort of cross-promotion where they were promoting something and of course it had to be stripped out for the yeah. uh, American version. Yes. Java tea. Like they had actually in, Java in, in the, Java, yeah, oh, in the really? Japanese version, they had a ton of advertisements for like no air. Yeah. Like Again, air wow. and Java tea and a bunch of other stuff that got stripped out. And then they just put no, like, it all comes back to logo. Java tea. Why didn't yeah, they just sell Java tea in the United States? They could have saved so much, of, know, right? so much of yeah, programming. It could have saved the Saturn. Yeah. yeah Java tea. <laughs> Now I'm going to make a video like with me with my mouth agasp with the Saturn pointing at it. Be like, did Java yeah, T ruin? Did Java could Java T should have saved the Saturn? Yeah, yeah. They Java also would save the the, uh, the so this was a what did you call it, Peter? This was a Model Two B uh, hardware yeah. game. Yeah, designed on Model Two B, and so I noticed that there were breast physics in in the arcade version, and that didn't make it over to the Saturn. It, just not enough power. <laughs> to uh, the for those movies. <laughs> but yeah, Yoko, yeah. Like, it was it was subtle compared to, you know, like, you know, Dead or like, Alive. Or like Dead or Alive where it's like just bouncing up and down. It's like it's like I don't think these are even real physics. Yeah, yeah they take one step and then they're like yeah, Jupiter. Exactly. That's right. Those were moon boobies, right? Because they had low gravity. Exactly. Yeah, definitely moon boobies. Um on a technical movies, if merit, you will. Movies. <laughs> I like that. On a technical merit, again, this this game runs at 60 frames per second, and it does use the Saturn's high-resolution mode. There is no uh, lighting effects in the game, but they were man- they were able to uh, squeeze in some of the um, uh, ceilings in, so to mm. really give it a solid sort of 3D. Not every level has that, you know, as yeah. appropriate. Obviously, if you're out in the open, you're not going to have it, but in the subway level, and there's a couple others, they use the VDP2 chip to generate both uh, uh, an infinite plane for both the ceiling and the floor. So it's yeah. a really, really cool effect. And I'm not sure that it's, you know, been replicated in any other Saturn fighter. So from a technical perspective, it's I'd incredible to hear because for the longest time, Virtua Fighter 2 sort of held the crown as the most technically proficient or competent Saturn title. Do you guys think that this game beats it out? Does it look better? Hmm. I think it's uh, very no. close, very, very close, but it's not better. Yeah, it's going to be a hard no from me. Some of the models look better. As a technical showpiece, I think it's tied personally, but I think that VF2 always comes out higher because of several things. First of all, it's Yu Suzuki. People hold him in God status, you know, and he designed, mm. he, he like, they worked, they honed that Virtual Fighter 2 so well, you know, it, the, the fighting moves and everything like that. Whereas this is definitely more fast and loose and it's not as like as much of an art form when it comes to like the fighting moves you know 
I think that VF2 fairly always gets kind of ranked higher than this. But for me personally, I just, I, I appreciate it more, but. So see, I wonder then if I'm the only one that thinks this looks better than VF2. It's, it, it feels faster to be honest with you. And that could just be like the tricks they use, like with the, when they whip out uh, the uh, nunchucks or whatever, they're, there are like several sprites of the nunchuck to make it look like it's motion blur, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And just the game, the game does move very quickly. So, you know, that does, I don't know if it's quicker than, than virtual fighter, but it's more flashy. So maybe the fact that it's quick and flashy just makes it look overall more visually appealing. Yeah. From a technical standpoint, it is very close, but I think yeah. it's, it's flashy style like stylistically, I think that makes it very refreshing when stacked up mm-hmm. against Virtua Fighter 2, which again, many people thought as being very basic in style. The FMV is some of the best I've seen on Saturn. Honestly, the comp- yeah, it's whatever really compression they're using, it's so clean. Mm. Now, part of that could be that it's anime, right? So it's not, it doesn't have as many, like as many gradients as if it were like full motion, regular full motion video or like a 3D animated scene, you know, when it's anime, you can really compress it down to like flat colors. And so it looks really, really good. Um, uh, Burning Rangers was like that as well, you know. Um, the final boss of the game is a character named Red Eye, which Red Eye. if you play through the game correctly, you know, ultimately he becomes unlockable and you can you can be the boss, which was such a thing in the 90s. My God. Mm-hmm. Isn't yes, that Yoko's uh, brother? Um. I actually don't know. I haven't. No, I think he killed. He killed his brother. I think. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah, being mentioned right the second. Brother. Oh, Red, I killed Yoko's brother. Okay. Killed Yoko's yeah. brother. Okay. Perfect. There it is. Um, in game, I'm not. I don't think this appears in the North American version. I could be wrong. I don't think it does though. But definitely in Japan, uh, the Red Eye character, his sort of in story real name is Ken Kono which uh, I thought was kind of interesting. It really reminded us of our... No, Saturn. actually, it is his brother. It is his, his, her brother. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Okay. I just revealed okay. like the second as I'm playing it right now. Nice live update. <laughs> live update. Hey, that's, that's, what, that's what's good about playing on the cast live. Is yeah, that Also, yeah. it looks like it's all subbed. There is no dubs in this. I'll, I'll oh, Red Eye, he, he's the head of the Red Rum, which is murder backwards, of course. <laughs> but it's, Hashtag it's, Stephen yeah. King. Right. Oh, okay. You so, go. Okay. So if if Red Eye backwards is murder, and his real name is Ken Kono, I just you know there's there's just too much coincidence. <laughs> Ken Kona, a murder of crows. Like I mean, there's a connection there for me, there's a spiritual connection. Connection. So you know there yeah there, there's something there. Anyway, um, I digress. Okay. So let's wrap up for uh, Last Bronx, and I'm again going to just do a quick uh, round the table. Uh, I'll start with you, Pat. Would you recommend this to a Saturn gamer today? Hmm. I think it's a fun little playthrough. I don't think it's my favorite game of all time. I do think mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fun little game, though. I re- the thing is that I, every time I play it, I just keep thinking I could we could have had Top Skater instead of instead of this. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Like to me, I really wish there was a console or Top Skater where you didn't have to buy a broken ass skateboard from a Chuck E. Cheese, but <laughs> just me though. But That's yeah, fair, overall fair. I think it's a pretty fun game. I think it's worth playing, I think. So out of five stars, what how many stars would you give it? Probably a two, three. Three, three, three out of five. Okay. 
Fair enough. Okay. It's not as bad as some of the worst ones, but you know. So it's not as not not on the same level as say Criticom. Uh, I've never played that one, so probably yes. that's good, Pat. That's good. Keep it that way. It's not worth playing. Don't disgrace the good name of Criticon, Peter. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, Dave, you were mentioning that this is your uh, favorite Saturn 3D fighter. Yes. So obviously a ringing endorsement from you. Like that's kind of a hot take, I guess, in Saturn circles. <laughs> like some people think I'm crazy, but this is just, yeah, this is my, this is at the top of my list. I mean, and and for the money you get like, Arcade mode, versus mode, Saturn mode, survival mode, time attack mode, watch mode, movies, portraits, aerial combo practice mode, free practice mode, and options. And you've got all the FMV cut. You got the anime cut scenes. You've got you the, got radical. You got radical parking lot. I mean, the what, silly, you, know, you got the That's silly right. post-apocalyptic, yeah. uh, you know, dystopian story in the manual. And I um. And, and and if it, if it sucked, you know, then I wouldn't feel that way. But it's great, you know. It's a, it's a really well playing fighting game. It's very fast. It's very responsive. I don't ever feel like if I get owned, I just feel like I need to do better. <laughs> like I need to, you know, practice more. But I don't ever feel like it's cheap. You know, um, mm-hmm. I definitely feel like the AI is is good and fair. And I like playing this with other people. But it's been a really long time since that that's happened. Um, but yeah, no. It's a it's a great game. I highly recommend it to folks at least to play it. Maybe you don't have to buy it, but you know, check it out. Definitely check it out. I mean, I think well, there's a PS2 version as well. They they actually did release this uh, Japan only, of course, but it, for the of Sega course, Ages. Of yeah, it was, uh, and I think that is actually a port of the Model Two version. You know, so it's really nice. So if you can't play it on Saturn, try it on PS2. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you could. Probably pick it up cheap, like and on, like I said, I think it was like fifteen bucks on eBay. Uh, the long box varied, so it definitely could come from fifty to one hundred and fifty. So I guess but you get two discs with the Japanese version, so it's even better. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you Japanese get double the price. Double the price, like that's what six dollars a disc. That mm-hmm. sounds like a pretty good deal to me. And uh, I mean, you can always find it on certain archive sites and put it on a ODE or a disc, but like. I don't know, like, it's it's up to you. I know a lot of people kind of like that physical collection, so I definitely don't want to knock people that want to do that. So definitely, I think there's a lot of good options. Like, honestly, all these games are pretty che- like, relatively cheap to actually physically own, so I'm kind of happy that we don't have to be like, oh, well, you have to spend $5,000 to buy this game and play it legally. So I'm kind of glad for that, to be honest. It's a nice change yeah, of, of pace from what we usually talk about these games for. Yeah. Uh, where do you land on this, Nick? I think it is a crime that this IP died in the, the 90s. Um, this never got a sequel. This barely got any re-releases and ports. It's so good. It's so unfortunate that this came at such a bad time for Saturn um, and that it didn't get the attention that it deserves. Um, it's incredibly well made. It's so unique in its style. And... Um, I, I, I think it's it really deserved a lot more. Um, Asuka 120 is still my favorite Saturn fighter, but this is really, really, really close on that list. Um, and I definitely think anyone who is a Saturn owner should find a way to play it. Uh, if you don't want to spend a giant amount of money on it, I mean, I guess the Japanese version's cheap, but you, you, need to, you need to try it out. And if you like fighting games and you like Sega fighting games, you have to play this. This is a must play. 
Um, it's a, it's a decent it's a pretty decent Sega fighting game. Like I can't deny that it's it's definitely it definitely feels like it's the answer to Soul Edge though. Like it's definitely right. A, well, not an answer. Like it's a thing that they tried to give an answer to Soul Edge. And, I'd say it's like an answer to Tekken almost. Um, a little um, grittier, yeah, yeah it's, it's as so the usual. All right, and then just to wrap up, I would also uh, heartily recommend this game. You know, not a very common one if you're looking for it physically in North America, but. You know, there are ways to to get this game and it really is worth it if for no other reason than uh, to see, you know, all the different visual effects that the Saturn can produce. But it is a solid, solid game. So, yeah, good game all around. So we've covered three of the later sort of 3D uh, fighting games, uh, Virtua Fighter Kids, Fighters Mega Mix and Last Bronx. I'm just going to do a a super quick roundtable. And what I want is for you all to rate them from uh, best to worst, like a one, two, three. How would you rate these? And I'll maybe I'll maybe start first. I would probably go with Last Bronx as my number one, Fighters Mega Mix as my number two, and Virtua Fighter Kids as my number three. Where do you land, Pat? That one's a toughie. That one's a toughie. Um, probably Fighters Mega Mix number one, number two probably probably Virtua Fighter Kids and three Last Bronx. As controversial as that might sound, how much I undersold Virtua Fighter Kids. As much as I do like, I think Last Bronx is fun. I think Virtual Fighter Kids had enough where it's like, oh, it's Virtual Fighter 2's extra mode. So it's like a, essentially Virtual Fighter 2. The visuals are just so pretty. I like the cuteness of the characters. It was a solid fighter versus Last Bronx where I didn't think it was as pretty and mechanics aren't as solid as I would have liked it to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Panda Man, where do you land? VF Kids at number three. Um... Megamix 2, Last Bronx 1. Keep in mind that Fighters, Megamix, and Last Bronx are extremely close in my mind, as they're both now in my top three fighters of all time on the Saturn. So, I mean, that's that's a tough one. But with how I'm feeling right now, Last Bronx is, is number one for me. Okay, uh, let's move on and just spend a few minutes briefly talking about the obscure game of the cast, and that is Goiken Muyu, Anarchy in the Nihon. So, Anarchy in the Nihon! Coming sometime, it may be. Suffer a long time, suffer traffic line. Your future is a shopping spree. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Sid um, Vicious fighting game. <laughs> It's a very late 1997 Japan-only release, and there's a story behind this game. So the game was supervised by four of the Virtua Fighter Tetsujin players. So those are the Ironman players, so winners of uh, Virtua Fighter tournaments. Uh, One of these players was actually a uh, programmer on the game. So a really interesting bit of trivia there. And, you know, we just want to thank, we had a listener point out that the information we had initially provided was incorrect. So thank you for that uh, correction. You know, we really appreciate that. If we are putting out things that don't make a lot of sense, please do let us know and we will make the appropriate corrections so that we are as accurate as possible. 
So just like most of the other games that we talked about today, it's a high resolution, 60 frames per second, 3D fighter. And I'm curious, again, just to do a quick roundtable of, you know, just overall thoughts on this game. Um, and I'll, I'll maybe kick it off with you, Nick. Yeah, um, this is mechanically Virtua Fighter with a dodge button. Um, a, B, and C, A being block, B punch, C kick, and then you can grab with A and B. But with the shoulder buttons and D-pad inputs, you can dodge. Uh, a very welcome addition to the Virtua Fighter formula. It's a little slower. It's a little more methodical. Um, and it's a lot more comical than Virtua Fighter. I mean, this is like you're playing as like, you know, rowdy school kids and occasionally teachers and principals that like go in and fight. And I, I, I don't know if it's all I, I don't know the plot. I'm not familiar with it. It might not be revolving around school life, but it certainly kind of seems to be like that. Um, there's a, a it's it's a very much a language barrier as far as like understanding what's going on in the game and mm-hmm. uh, to make it matters worse a lot of it's in kanji which is you know the the upper echelon alphabet uh, in Japanese so if you're familiar with hiragana and katakana you're still not going to get very far understanding what's going on yes yeah. um, it's it's very fun um, I had a lot of fun playing this with friends uh, uh, just last fall actually uh, we enjoyed this one quite a bit, uh, and it's real goofy. There's a lot of funny voice acting too, especially with like when the principal fights. He's like, Argh! you know, like it's. <laughs> uh, there's a million gameplay modes. I don't know what any of them are because again, it's all in kanji. But yeah, it's it's very fun. Yeah, this menu. I, I remember I played it li- live, and I clicked the menu, and all I saw is a wall of Japanese text. I'm like, um. And it's like traditional yeah. handwriting style kanji. So even if you know some, you might have a hard time reading it. Like it's it's difficult for the non-native Japanese reader. It was definitely made for its region, right? Like it was not yeah. made to be easy to pick up and play outside of Japan. No. This was this was definitely definitely gatekeeping levels of gameplay. But the thing, <laughs> the thing is the thing that I like about it is that is that it it's it, I mean it's it's supposed to be a Japanese game. Like this is like they oh, have, yeah, have like Nippon in the title. Like duh. I mean I mean like I mean like it's like all these Japanese tropes like the 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 dan- the, t- the dancing mom, the uh the Japanese teacher dude, uh the Kuwabara looking dude. Like there's all these characters that are like and now these like Japanese like punks or like teachers or like like soccer moms equ- the equivalency. So yeah. I can see it's very Japanese, yeah. like and it's unapologetically Japanese. So it's like to the point where it's like you're not going to understand it, but it doesn't matter. So but you're still going to enjoy it if you don't understand yeah. Japanese. The, the, the fighting game itself, uh, the voice acting, the moves, the characters, how they look, how they sound, how they react to things like you're still going to get a big kick out of it. Um, like there's this one character. I think it's I don't know which one it is. It's the blonde one um, where she'll like. Uh, all of her all of her victory poses is her doing like squatting slob style crouches and then just <laughs> shouting like gangster Japanese at the uh, now deceased opponent, you know, feel yeah. like she's going to take a cigarette out of her cleavage at any moment. She doesn't actually Amazing. do that in the game, but you can, all, you can almost picture it happening. Like, it's just funny stuff like that, you know, um, there's like a businessman guy in the game where one of his special yeah. moves is he'll kind of like quickly scuttle in between your legs turn around and poke you in the ass yeah that is a thing and, like, that's something that happens in this game <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so i, I, I still think like my favorite part of it is that you can actually if you play with the 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 the, the, the soccer mom like like a ballet t- uh, character it's like you can just pretend you're just like karen beating people up yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely <laughs> yes. the vibe. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think this this game is really interesting, and I think my favorite thing about that is that it it gives off vibes of rival schools. So it has that yeah. sort of vibe yeah, to it, which yeah, yeah. I think is going. And, and it, it's funny because like I I like how they the Sega turned them down. It's like we don't want sort of a more grittier like like game like that, and then they do Last Bronx, which is the grittier game like that. It just yeah, kind of funny to me. Funny. Uh, so then I kind of wonder, do you guys think that this game stacks up to the first three that we spoke with? Like, is it in the same sort of echelon or is it more of a, like, how do you, how do you see that? I think so. It feels less refined to me. Like if playing it feels like there's something missing, it doesn't feel as smooth and like, like buttery as the other ones. It feels, it feels like there's some, there's something missing that makes it not like, at least the gameplay wise, that it feels a bit more heavier. And more I would like, totally agree with that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely a slower, heavier game mechanically. The models of the characters look really good uh, as far as like three D graphic quality on the Saturn goes. It's it's very strong graphically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you'll sometimes see entire models pop out for multiple frames here and there, but like, um, but yeah, again uh, to Pat's point, yeah, it is a slower, slightly clunkier fighter, um, but it's certainly not unplayable and it's not to the point where it's like too cheap to play against certain CPUs and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The best move is to hold down and forward while spamming the C button. Uh, Most characters will wind up doing this, like this weird stomp kick where universally it will, like the stomp will land on the opponent's crotch. And uh, for some reason, the CPU opponents in this game do not know how to get around that when you spam down forward and C and uh yeah it's that's that's one of the that's good for a few laughs so you know we always highlight an obscure game each cast that sort of falls within the theme of what we were talking about is this game worthy uh for for folks to try yes if you enjoy like games like uh like rival schools i think you'd really enjoy it like i think it's a ton of fun i think it's it's just it's just silly and it's like it's it's like the they're into the rival school so if you love rival schools um was it the what's the dreamcast name of it uh project uh, justice project justice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh i think you people would really enjoy this title and it's it's fairly affordable too like i'm looking on ebay it's a buy it now for 35 bucks so like it's not that expensive like that's what i like about this cast like all these games are really affordable i don't know if that's just a was a coincidence but it is nice you don't get that often in this <laughs> in this yeah, console let's celebrate that for sure yeah Okay, well then that brings us to the end of our cast, and I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, I hope that you know you've learned something about these three games plus the obscure Anarchy and the Nihon game, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. just want to give a shout out to all of our patrons that support us each and every month um you know 
the fact that you guys contribute to our success is paramount. You know, we, I've said it before, Pat, Dave, others have mentioned it as well. We're nothing without you. You know, your contributions allow us to keep doing what we do. Um, and so I just want to give a shout out to A Murder of Crows, Blue Moon 95, Emerald Nova, Ioannis Fetz, Nate Lawrence, Cerulean, Chris1997XX, David Zaney, Derek Pascarella, Fat Drunk Friend Otaku, Gem Clash Orang, Justin, Mamdu Madwar, Normal Guy, Nutrageous, Robert Ramsey, Rowan Dinch, Sega Steve, Stone Man, Tanuki Trev, Theron Brown, and Young Money Sway. Again, folks, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, you guys really make what we do possible. So thanks. I think it's fair to say that latter-day 3D fighters on the Saturn, Virtua Fighter Kids, Fighters Megamix, and Last Bronx were all really good games. The trouble is, it seems like they were really dialed in and tuned perfectly for a Japanese audience. In Japan, they were often accompanied by cross-promotions and other lines that exploited the franchise, figurines, radio shows, you name it. And so they were really a cultural phenomenon. When they came over to the West, all they had going for them was their gameplay. And although their gameplay was certainly fine, it was sad that, at least for the two out of the three of them, they were mainly ignored. But they are great games and they are games that are worthy of our time today. We are long past that era where, you know, these cultural considerations may hinder us from enjoying a title. So pop in Virtua Fighter Kids and Fighters Megamix and Last Bronx, and you know, you can really kind of feel the heartbeat of the Eastern Saturn when you play these games. They are amazing and, you know, well worth your try today. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you must play Sega Saturn. such as Virtua Fighter Kids. We've got Kids Kira and Kids Sarah. Uh, Virtua Cop 2, we've got Janet. Uh, Daytona USA, we've got Horny the Hornet. Is his name legit Horny the Hornet? Is that is that no. deadass what his name is? <laughs> no, it isn't. That's just something I wrote in the outline because I was tired and I thought it... <laughs> okay, I, I thought so. But I'll, also, I just want to... that right out. <laughs> I just want to... Uh... No, leave it in. Yeah, That's great. In. Um, yeah, there's also... This podcast is a Shiro Media Group production.